0: Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode, we are airing your grievances with me on Clark Stinks. I also have some new news for you on what's involved when you buy your own individual health care coverage. So, clark.com slash clarkstinks is where you can go post when you feel that My advice to someone was incomplete, the information that you've heard from me you feel is wrong, an opinion you feel is um, just uh, what happened to me. Why, Why would I give an opinion like that? Whatever it is, take the time if you would, because we're all in this together. We are all part of Team Clark, and I don't get the last word, because this is not an opinion show. political show anything like this this show is about empowerment for each and every one of us there are times i need some empowerment and then once a week krista goes through your posts on clark.com slash clark stinks and shares her favorites with you on the podcast i should have never encouraged you to speak you must think i'm pretty stupid you
1: should be ashamed of yourself well maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe you're right pal Okay, Clark, I could have written this one, but I didn't. Nate did. He said, I love the podcast and have learned so much from you. You're like the smart, financially savvy uncle I never had. With that said, would you please stop moving around while you're speaking? Maybe I need my hearing checked, but the fading in and out while you walk on your treadmill is making it hard for me to concentrate on the wisdom you're trying to relay.
0: Okay, Nate, thank you, and Krista has been on me... day after day (laughs) that i am like a jitterbug
1: you stand i stand when
0: i talk and i move too far from the mic then we're on extremely directional mics that we're using for the podcast and so i will try to stay much more mic centered which christy you're always telling me you're pointing the mic like, hey, (laughs) remember, you got to talk into this thing. It's not like I haven't been on a microphone since 1987. I should know by now you talk directly into an audio mic. So I'll try to do better.
1: Okay, we knew some were going to be coming about taxes. I think when you talk about taxes and how the rich do not pay their fair amount, I think you should look at the facts. The top 10% pay 50% of taxes. The bottom 50% pay 3.1%. I'm not poor shaming here like you are rich shaming, but who is getting the better deal in our tax system? When you talked about a flat tax, you said the average person would pay 10%, which if you looked at the stats, you would increase the amount the lower 50% would pay by 6.9%. Please stop getting your information from your heart and look at the numbers. Thanks, Justin.
0: Justin, thank you for that. Uh, So Justin, there's report after report, year after year, that the highest income earners avoid paying taxes in anywhere near the percent that the mass affluent pay. The top 20% of income earners pay a substantial amount of their income in tax. The top 1% tend to pay a lot less, and the 0.1% pay much, much less as a percent of income. Tax code has been gamed, to where the wealthiest among us avoid paying a reasonable income tax rate, while those at the higher end of the income level, but not the very wealthy, do pay a very fair share of tax. So the reason that you hear me talk about the modified flat income tax is I know of no other way to capture a share of income for taxation of the very wealthiest among us, the top 1%. And your point being made is that a lot of people in the bottom, particularly the bottom 50% of income earners pay essentially no federal income tax. I say you come to the average of 3%. So with the standard deduction, a lot of people will not have to pay income tax in a typical year. And it all averages out that the lower income earners pay effectively a very low federal income tax rate. That would still remain true with the modified flat income tax because you would still have the standard deduction. My big concern is not with people who make a really good income. My concern is with the people who make the really giant incomes who were able to hire the lawyers and accountants and avoid paying tax at a rate that they should.
1: This is a follow-up on a question you answered on the podcast last week. I wrote to you with great confidence in getting solid financial advice about my wife's dream of having a pool. Instead, one of my most trusted allies sided with the enemy and advised us to build that pool. 2021 will now be remembered as the year of the mutual fund massacre. You advised us to compromise, so my wife was willing to shave off a few thousand dollars. To save more money, she has agreed to let me fill the pool with my tears of sorrow. <laughs> After, As a planner for the future, I do, not have, I do have one more request for advice. Once the kids are gone and the pool inevitably becomes an oversized flower pot, what kind of flowers do you recommend? I'm thinking daylilies, azaleas, or maybe most fitting, some black dahlias. What are your thoughts, Mike?
0: Mike, I am so sorry. I I know you were counting on me to to really turn against your wife on this one, but when you presented the argument that was really presented as a way that you would be the winner, I couldn't find for you in this one. I mean, it's just terrible because you were coming to me to reinforce your position, but you've handled money so well that you weakened your case and strengthened hers for having the swimming pool. As to what flowers, I would just put AstroTurf in there. Skip the flowers.
1: Okay, a different Mike wrote in, your advice doesn't stink, but I have a different approach. I listen to the show all the time and often hear you advise listeners to step up their 401k contribution by a percent every year, assuming they start with the minimum contribution. But I think you should suggest the opposite. My advice would be to start with the maximum contribution and scale it back if you can't afford it. By human nature, it's likely one won't take the time to scale back, but if one does, at least that person will have a larger pile of cash that will double multiple times for many, many years before retirement.
0: Mike, I, I love your sentiment. That's why we do automatic enrollment of our employees and our 401k at a minimum 6%, and they... They can choose to back out of that, but the reality is they but then don't. But they we shame them.
1: No, we don't. Yeah, shame. we would shame we them. Don't, yeah. no.
0: And so uh, your idea of getting people to put in the max from the get-go is sound, particularly if people do it at the beginning of a career when they've ended whatever level of education they're getting, first job. They're used to not living on a lot. It's not going to hurt them. To save a huge chunk of their pay, Uh, when I talk about starting, if somebody's saving no money at all and they feel like they can never save money, talk about save a penny on every dollar. And what I actually say is every six months, step it up another penny. You won't miss it when you do it in incremental steps. There are multiple ways to get to where somebody builds a long-term savings and investment habit. If Somebody is new in the job market doing what you're saying, 100%. If somebody's been out there for a while and they haven't been able to get into the savings game, I think it's better to start off at a penny of each dollar and move up from there.
1: Clark, I think something rolled under your Tesla's passenger seat and has started to rot. A person asked a question about supporting his son through law school, even though he's extremely behind on saving for his own retirement. Haven't I heard you say you can't get a loan for retirement? The way I heard the question almost seemed like the person was asking for permission to say no. I'm assuming that supporting the child through their bachelor's degree was a requirement of the divorce, but supporting a child who decided to go further than that is not a requirement. Just because a kid has asked for help doesn't mean they should get it, and at some point parents have to say no. Do you think this future lawyer's son will be excited to support his father who tried to work too long but wasn't able to? It's also a bad precedent to set since it sounds as if he has more than a single child. Please give the man permission to say no. Grad school is a choice and not every parent can afford to support all of their grown, in all caps, children's choices. Amanda. Amanda, you know,
0: I I hear you. And when I was answering that question, I was really having a hard time coming to the right advice for that question. And you're, Your opinion, in many cases, is the better opinion, and you have heard me say over and over again that there's no scholarships for retirement, and you need to make sure you're saving for your own retirement first. In the case of, I was reading between the lines here, and I felt like, and maybe maybe my reading between the lines was uh, faulty, but I felt like what I was trying to do was put a tight cap on what the father's contribution would be each year because I felt like he really was uh, feeling the guilt that he needed to do it. And I felt like if he limited it to what a public college would cost, would at least put a collar on how much money would go towards that versus his own retirement. But I do say, and you're right over and over again, that you save for your own retirement first.
1: You recently talked about Walmart Plus as a good alternative to grocery shopping. They have only limited stock, and I found them not being able to deliver about 30% of every order. Now we have to go to the store anyway to get what we need. Thanks, but no thanks, Sean.
0: Sean, uh, I'm glad they give you a trial period for Walmart Plus. (laughs) And if the Walmart that delivers in your zip code was doing a lousy job fulfilling your orders, then you did the right thing you should do, and that's vote with your wallet and fire Walmart and Walmart Plus and go somewhere else for your groceries. It's a curious thing that they were failing to fulfill a third of your typical order because Walmart's the largest supermarket in the United States accounting for, is it 20% of all groceries sold in the U.S.? Some number like that. And uh, I'm surprised to hear that they were such a disappointment for you.
1: I recently took Clark's advice and opened a Proton Mail account. What a huge mistake. Three of the first four emails I sent never made it to the recipient, including one that had a paper copy of an application for a membership my son completed to become a member of our credit union. Even after I resent it, the manager didn't receive it. I went back to using my Gmail account and she received it immediately. No bueno, Mr. Howard. Mark.
0: Ooh, you're gonna throw the Mr. Howard at me? And Mark, I don't know what the scoop is because I have not ever heard that complaint from someone about proton mail. And uh, have you heard anybody complain about undelivered
1: no, mail proton mail? Honestly, I've never talked to anyone about proton.
0: You'd have to be really privacy oriented you use to it, right? use proton mail. So I am I I hope that other people who have used Proton Mail will give us some feedback and let us know if you have also had a problem with unreliable delivery of mail. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to post on clark.com slash clark stinks. And when you feel there's some re education that I need, please go right there, clark.com slash clark stinks, and let me know. And coming straight ahead, what you need to know about the latest developments with healthcare and how they affect your wallet. Due to a brand new law, there are significant changes for individuals and families that buy their own healthcare coverage. Normally, in a normal year, you're very limited in the time window to buy a health insurance policy that is what's known as compliant, that covers pre-existing conditions and gives you wide coverage for illnesses you might have. So this year, and who knows if it's this year only, instead of having the tight limited window in which you can buy a healthcare plan for you or you and your family on what's known as the healthcare exchange, healthcare.gov, or your state equivalent, This year, there are extended enrollment periods, what's known as a special enrollment period, through mid-August, where you can enroll in healthcare coverage or even change your healthcare coverage because of the COVID emergency, as it's called in the legislation. So the other thing that's really significant is that if you shopped in the past for a compliant plan, which is one that covers pre-existing conditions and has coverages for pretty much everything, the premiums could be through the roof. But because of this new law, a lot of people will actually have coverage that costs them almost nothing. And there are a number of criteria that will govern whether or not you're eligible for these special subsidies. So if you're in a position right now where you've chosen to go without health coverage, it's really a good idea to go to healthcare.gov or whatever it's called in your state. And when you get to healthcare.gov, they'll direct you to the exchange for your state. They'll just ask your state. And then the next thing that'll happen is you'll either remain in healthcare.gov or you'll go to your State equivalent plan. And so you'll be able to see the coverages available under the different colors bronze, silver, or gold. In theory, there are platinum plans, but very rarely do you see those. And you'll see the subsidies, what the actual premiums will cost you based on your situation for each of those. So this is a very unusual circumstance. On two fronts. One is the coverages for many people are much, much cheaper this year than they normally would be. And two, even if you did not buy coverage during the original enrollment period for 21, which was last fall, you are eligible now to say, yeah, I changed my mind. I want to buy a health plan. And so this is very significant particularly for people who are on tight incomes and you don't cover yourself for health coverage because you figure you can't afford the premiums, with these special subsidies in this new law, you very well may be able to afford coverage because, again, it may be nearly free, compliments of your fellow taxpayers. And, Krista, let's hear some questions.
1: All right. Daniel in Tennessee says, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to protect myself against inflation. I ask this because the cost of everything has gone up exorbitantly and will continue to go up in the future. Being a 21-year-old that has many more years ahead of me, there's no telling what the future holds. Thank you and your team for all the advice. I look forward to your free podcast every day.
0: Well, Daniel, um, inflation is a mixed bag right now. With some things going up at uh, rates far higher than people's incomes are going up. At the same time, other things have stayed kind of quiet on the price front or actually have gone down in price. Uh, People have noticed very much the increase in the cost at the supermarket, that costs for groceries have gone way up in a lot of cases. And then other things, as I mentioned, have gone down in price. But the key inflation protection you have is being an owner. And by being an owner, what do I mean? That's owning investments through an investment account, 401k, Roth IRA, where you own little bits and pieces of many different companies. Just about the best inflation hedge that exists is being an owner through my favorite index funds or in a retirement account, target retirement funds, because that is a great anecdote, antidote, always get that one wrong. Antidote for inflation. Second thing is owning a home. A home is a great hedge against a rising cost of living because you fix the basic cost of your housing. Not strictly as an investment, but the ability for you to reduce the impact of increasing housing costs over the years gives you an advantage when you do own a home. I know other people talk about, well, why don't you buy gold or buy- Is that uh, how they say it? Series, <laughs> Yeah, that's how they say it. Or buy series I savings bonds. And those things can be part of the picture, but the big picture is being an investor.
1: Joe in Ohio says, I've been asked to join a community electric aggregation program. They're offering 4.49 cents per kilowatt hour for the next two and a half years. There's no early termination fee. Can you explain what this means and is it a good deal?
0: The idea, Joe, is group buying power. And it's been something that uh, some people look at as a great thing. Uh, We've had other people we've heard from who've said they felt they got ripped off. The fact that you can exit at any time without a penalty means that the risk to you is relatively limited. If you go into what's basically pooling your purchases with other people, um, I will tell you that as a general rule, this has not worked out to be a big money saver for people over time.
1: Christy in Georgia says she was gifted a timeshare by a family member. This timeshare has turned into a curse. I have to pay maintenance fees yearly as well as an exchange fee every time I travel. I called the resort and asked them to take it back. I've not received a call yet. Is there any way out of this timeshare without ruining my credit? The timeshare has already been paid off.
0: Okay. I'm shallow breathing. Uh, if you own a timeshare, don't ever do anybody the favor of having them <laughs> inherit it. If you ever are uh, have one coming your way as part of an inheritance, then... You do not accept the inheritance. Uh, This was gifted to you, and uh, it's somebody may have done it with the best of intentions, but a timeshare is a curse. And even if somebody loves one now, when they later don't, the problem is you can't get rid of them. You do face the risk of your credit being ruined. Do not believe any of the organizations that say that pay them money, and they'll get your timeshare sold for you. They're just taking your money. So this one is one that does not have a good viable solution. Timeshares are a defective product because if they were not defective, it wouldn't be impossible to even just give them away. Go to something called the Timeshare Users Group. Tug, Timeshare Users Group, uh, you know, spelled out T-U-G, the number two, spelled not T-W-O, but just the number sign number two, dot net, tug2.net. And you will be able to find information on your actual timeshare property that you're at and see if there are opportunities potentially for somebody who owns a week there who actually loves it to be willing to take over your timeshare Usually, you have to pay them some amount of money to take it off your hands. But even if you have to pay them some money to get rid of it, it's worth doing so. I'm really sorry.
1: Renee wrote in and said, what is the best website to buy prescription glasses?
0: Well, Renee, if you mean cheapest, <laughs> it's Zenni Optical. Z-E-N-N-I Optical.com. They get a really great customer service rating from... Consumer Reports, and their glasses are ridiculously cheap. Single vision prescription lenses with frames uh, with shipping is cheap as 10 to $15, depending on what special they're running at the time. Don't adjust your hearing. 10 to $15 for prescription glasses, frames, lenses complete. Um, if you want the best place to buy glasses, according to Consumer Reports, That's Costco Wholesale. And there are a number of fine outfits that do prescription glasses. Historically, Consumer Reports liked independent doctors of optometry first, but of late, they have actually preferred Costco.
1: And Shelby in Montana says, I'm wondering what you think about a green light debit card for kids. I know you don't like debit cards, but I didn't know about this one.
0: So the Greenlight Debit Card was designed from the ground up to be a uh, kid-friendly kind of program, giving parents control uh, controls over what a kid might be doing with the card. And Krista, you have experience with one from one of your kids when they were younger.
1: Yes, I did use it for my 15-year-old now, Matthew, when he was younger, I liked it because it has an allowance feature where you could put the tasks that they had to complete to get certain, you know, dollar, like a dollar or $2 for each one. You could put that in there. Like they can check when they've completed their tasks and then it will automatically pay their allowance depending on how much they actually did. And then on the, you can also set up specific stores where they're allowed to have, you know, spend a certain amount of money. So you can limit it and just limit it to certain stores. We graduated from that. I didn't feel like he needed it anymore because there is a, when we were doing it, it, was a $5 fee per month. But at the time, it was worth it just to train him for us.
0: So uh, you have to have a situation. Uh, you buried the lead, which is having to pay the fees. You have to have a situation where you feel like your kid needs the training wheels and you need the rule book that they help you enforce in order to make it worth spending the fees for the green light debit card. And I want to thank you for being part of Team Clark. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, review us, and share us with your friends.